Welcome! You're listening to Uncommon Sense, and I'm Doug Morgan. Today I wanted to talk to you about a subject that you might not have heard too much about, and it is the fact that your electricity may be going out very soon. Uh, When I visited Uganda, uh, there was kind of an interesting dynamic there in that they would have uh, rolling blackouts, and you never knew when these were going to happen. Uh, All of a sudden, the power would just simply go out, and it could be out for hours, it could be out for days. You just never knew. And and I asked, I you know, is is this is this something that's common or is this something that just started? They said no, it's common, and that they had enough electricity uh, to you know generated to fulfill all of the needs of the country. But what would happen is the government would try to make money on the power, and they would sell it to other countries, thus not giving themselves enough. And and so they would have these rolling blackouts just simply for money's sake. Well, we don't have to really worry about that here in the United States, right? Um, you know, power outages in the United States have been on the rise, though, for more than a decade. And at this point, the United States actually experiences more electrical outages than any other developed nation, according to a report by the nonprofit Pew um, Trust. And we we know that that it's it's something that that we shouldn't have to worry about too much, right? We have the ability to generate a lot of power, um, and and we know when we have outages, they they can really co- be costly. Outages cost an average of about eighteen billion dollars, all the way up to thirty-three billion dollars per year in the United States alone. Those power outages, uh, they they're estimated. Uh, that, uh, that that those patterns aren't, aren't even including the brownouts. These are just blackouts uh, in in that figure. And, and so, you know, outages to a business do more than than just halt production temporarily. Power outages can actually result in a loss of obviously employee wages, spoiled inventory, you know, delayed and in, inconvenienced customers, uh, missed business opportunities, this type of thing. And and you may be asking, well, what, what's the difference between a brownout and a blackout? Well, a brownout is the reduction or restriction in availability of power in a certain area. You know, this is, this is known also as a power slump. And so you may not have enough power to power everything that you want to power. That's a brownout. Blackouts are just simply a complete loss of power altogether in an area. And this can obviously happen for hours or it can even be days. Uh, we're seeing right now with uh, all across the United States, it seems like right now, there is a really big cold snap where there's lots of snow and ice uh, happening. And what it's doing is it's, it's causing a lot of power outages. Um, and, and we see even, even in places like Texas and, uh, and, and whatnot that don't normally get uh, this type of, of, of an occurrence uh, is suffering because uh, of the fact that they're not set up for this. Uh, California, uh, their power grid... Uh, keep they, they they keep rolling out blackouts due to an over reliance on wind and solar power. So uh, they they have uh, they're shuttering down the coal powered electrical plants and they don't have enough electricity uh, during the high demand times and when nothing is being generated from those other sources. Uh, the uh, Mary Leslie, who's a member of the uh, Independent uh, System Operators Board of Governors, said during a recent meeting that we're uh, moving forward with a low-carbon grid, is what their goal is, a low-carbon grid. 
She said, I think the direction is really clear and we're not going backward. We're only going to move forward. So their, their uh, idea here is that they want to go to more a green, uh, they say a, a green source of power. Um, and, and this independent system uh, operator, uh, which runs the, the power grid for most of the state, warned in, in December that California will continue to face evening power shortages like, like the summer of 2020 outages uh, that, that we all saw on the news, with uh, much larger shortfalls coming in later years as several Los Angeles area coastal gas plants retire. Uh, one of the system operator's top officials said that at the time that the power gap could uh, probably be resolved by you know importing power from other states as long as it's not you know hot across the West. Um, and the problem though with this is that that power can be very expensive. It, it can go from about you know thirty dollars all the way up to a thousand dollars, and 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 not only that, but other states are experiencing some of the same things. We look at like the Midwest, for instance. A statement from uh, Kingfisher, uh, Oklahoma, and this was just a couple days ago on the 15th of February. Uh, This is Kingfisher, Oklahoma, and this is a statement that came out on their Facebook page and uh, other other places uh, trying to warn their customers. And it says this, it says, we are um, anticipating rolling blackouts through the Midwest from Texas to Montana. We appreciate the possibility of uh, we anticipate the possibility of blackouts lasting for uh, up to an hour. And in summary, there is not enough electricity available to supply the demand. So power will be distributed through, uh, through a rotational basis. While this is bigger than just Kingfisher, we know that our community will band together uh, to make it through. Please check your neighbors and friends, family, elderly in your neighborhood. We suggest that if you lose power to unplug electronics such as TVs, computers, routers, and other devices so that there is no surge or voltage issues with these devices when the power is restored. Blackouts have the potential to impact everything from residences, businesses, hospitals, and water supply. The critical thinking uh, several levels above us is that uh, intermittent interruptions in short periods of time is better than total system failure. At this time, we do not know when this will happen. But seeing trends across the state and the Midwest that this subject of when and not an if, we will provide as much advance notice as we we receive it. Uh, We are seeing this happening all over the country now. And why? Why do we see this type of thing happening all over the country? Well, uh, one of the major issues is that that we're closing the the coal-fired electrical plants. Uh, power companies uh, alone have announced more than just 13 coal plant uh, retirements this year. Uh, in many cases, moving up previously announced closures and shortening of the window of time, the communities that live near and work in those plants have to think about uh, what comes next. In May, last May, a company called GenOn uh, gave workers and a, a uh, at one of its coal-fired power plants in Maryland just 90 days notice that it was closing. So they didn't even know anything was going to happen. And then all of a sudden, 90 days before it closed, they said, hey, we're going to close this coal-fired plant. 
Uh, the Biden administration has announced a goal of 100% clean energy by 2035. That is just not that far away, 14 years away. To achieve this, the plans are to shut down all the nation's fossil fuels, uh, burning plants in this next 14 years. This means coal and natural gas plants are all going to be shut down. Power plants typically last up to 60 years and construction costs are paid off over the course of the lifespan of, of that facility, of course. Uh, if policy forces a plant owned by a utility to shut down early, that utility's customers could remain on the hook to cover the debt while, while also having to pay for whatever new source of energy is replacing it. The premature retiring of that plant could thus become what's known as a stranded asset. Almost a third of plants not reach, uh, do not reach the end of their expected lifespans before 2035. So uh, what's, what's being said here is that, that if you're going to shut down a coal burning plant, let's say, or a natural gas burning plant that makes electricity that way, and you're going to shut it down before its expected time, then you are not, the plant has not paid for itself. Uh, you, it, 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 those costs of, of installing that thing and maintaining that thing, and they're all, they're all a part uh, of the lifespan of the, of the facility. And if you're going to close that thing early, then you, you're still on the hook for the cost of that thing, but it's not making money anymore. And so, uh, so the taxpayers are going to have to pick that up. Uh, Emily Grubert, a civil engineer and environmentalist socialist at Georgia Tech, and this is this is interesting, likened the process of a plant closure to a stage of grief. <laughs> the announcement will be met with anger at first, but with enough time, communities can accept what's happening and move to a more productive space. The thing that worries me the most is if there's not a really, really durable commitment to decarbonization, she said. If outages uh, and protests can convince lawmakers to reverse decisions that close power plants, the possibility of just transition uh, for workers and communities goes out the window. Then you are back to where we started, which is basically just firing everybody one morning and telling them good luck to you which is a really bad outcome, she said. So this is, this is the, the mentality is that, hey, we, we, we need to move forward with closing these plants and, and, and then we'll, we'll help you move through the grief process of that happening. Uh, just, just ridiculous. In, in, in 2020, just last year, 36, I repeat, 36 coal burning electric plants were retired just last year. Um, the Mason-based uh, Alliance Energy announced Tuesday, February 2nd, uh, it's shuttering its roughly uh, 1,100 megawatt coal plant in Columbia County uh, by the end of 2024, just three years away. The facility is the utility's last remaining coal plant in Wisconsin. Now, here's another one. The coal-fired uh, Hayden Generating Station will close ahead of schedule. Uh, market, marking a, the latest in a stream of Colorado coal plant closures. Uh, Xcel Energy announced Monday on January 4th that the plant's Unit 2 will be closed by the end of 2027 and Unit 1 
will be shuttering by the end of 2028. The two units provide 441 megawatts of generated capacity. Uh, the Hayden units were slated to close uh, on uh, uh, 2030 and 2036, so that's a significant difference in when those those plants uh, are actually going to close or when they uh, they could have kept going and generating electricity. Uh, Excel's move brings the total number of coal-fired units slated for early closure in the past 12 months to seven, spread across four different utility companies. Here's another one, PGE, shutting down the last coal-fired electrical plant in Oregon last October. Uh, the Broadman, uh, Boardman, I'm sorry, the Boardman plant uh, is the first, but not the last coal plant to close in the West. Over eight years, 12 plants will shut down. 12 plants will shut down, taking down enough dependable energy to power 3.8 million homes. Instead, power companies will rely on renewable sources, which are not as dependable. Experts say we will have one, uh, one in four chance of blackouts by the year 2026, just five years away. So we see what's happening here. We see that all of these plants are being shut down uh, because of environmental reasons, you know, the, 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 the whole global warming type of thing. And, and the power that those things generate, we get much of the power that we have, much of the electrical power that we have from coal burning plants. Yes, some from natural, uh, plant, uh, burning, natural gas burning plants, but, uh, but, but these plants make up the vast majority of the electricity that is being generated in this country. And you may say, well, what about you know other sources? What about wind power? Well, wind power makes up only 5% of the total power grid. And there's no storage capability with wind power. Most wind uh, turbines cost in, in, the, in the neighborhood between about two and $4 million to install each one. The operation and maintenance runs uh, an additional about, well, almost $50,000 per year on maintenance, according to the research uh, that I was able to do on, on the operational costs of one. A, uh, a turbine uh, would have to last about 50 years to pay for itself and then start creating a profit. And this is not counting the maintenance costs. So if it's going to cost 50 years to pay for itself and they only run maybe a, about a third of the time, uh, then... then the, the and, and, and only when the winds are between about seven miles per hour and 30 miles per hour. So if, if you don't have at least seven mile an hour winds, you're not going to get any power generated. And if you get over 30, then it starts to shut itself down, you know, trying to, to uh, make sure that it stays safe. And so, so you, it's only generating power about a third of the time. Um, and and as, the, as the wind turbines grow older, their utilization rates become even worse, dropping to a rate of about 1.6% per year. The U.S. Energy Information Administration uh, said the lifespan of a, of a wind turbine is only about 20 to 25 years. So if it's costing you 50 years, uh, it, it would need to last 50 years for it to pay off what you have invested in it, but it only lasts 20 to 25, you do the math. Uh, in, in Iowa, wind turbines are reaching the end of their lifespans even faster. 
as the Mid-American Energy Plan uh, plans to remove turbines constructed in 2004, merely 14 years after they were installed. The cost of the initial setup uh, and, and yearly maintenance, the, the repowering, if, if you want to repower them, and the, and the disposal, well, that, that, that makes it that, that wind power does not pay for itself at all. So you may say, well, how about, how about solar? Solar is, is, is what we need to do. Well, solar is less than 10% of the total grid. And that's, and that's right now with all the, the technology that we have. The solar panel lifespan, again, is only about 25 to 30 years. And after 10 years, 90%, uh, it only produces 90% of its output. After 25, only 80%. So again, with no storage capabilities, it's not worth, worth it at this time. You know, maybe down the road, but not right now. Um, and, and, we, and we see, you know, whole areas where you have these solar farms or whatever. Um, and, and, and the same thing with the wind. Uh, you have these wind, wind farms. And, and, and you're, you're, you're having environmental type of things where, uh, when, when it runs into birds and, and, and this type of thing. So, I mean, there's a lot of negatives and cons related to this so-called green power. Well, and, and you may say, well, what about other sources? I mean, you know, there, there, there is a move to tear down the hydroelectric dams because we, you know, particularly here in the Northwest, we do get some of our electricity from hydroelectric electric dams. But the problem is, is that uh, the, the move is to tear those out, and and you know, that's a whole nother podcast. But uh, but we're not we're not building more dams, and we're not not even looking at keeping the ones that we have. So again, less power within the power grid. And and you may say, well, what about nuclear? Well, there's no plans for new nuclear plants anywhere in the U.S. I cannot see us building another nuclear plant anytime soon. Again, it probably a whole nother podcast because nuclear power is probably the cleanest power that we could we could have, and the one that does gives us the most and it's most efficient and 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 whatnot. But but we're not even looking in that area at this time. So here in the Northwest, and where this podcast originates, the uh, Northwest Power and Conservation Council uh, talks about a loss of load probability, which basically just means what's the probability of there being a blackout, okay? Uh, the council and much of the Northwest power industry consider the power supply uh, adequate if the loss of load probability or blackout probability is less than 5%. So if, if, if you are, and, and for the most part, it's, it's usually hovers around about 2%, but they want to keep it un, under 5% of the probability that there'll be a blackout, which, which generally just simply means you're not going to have a blackout, right? Uh, in, in a presentation on September 18th of 2019, the council found that the loss of load probability, the blackout probability in 2024, just that this is just simply three years away, was 33% instead of 2%, they're saying in three years, we're, there's going to be a 33% chance that we'll be having rolling blackouts here in the Northwest. That number includes the closing of seven coal plants. And we know that there's even going to be even more plants than that that are closing. We know that that uh, we're going to see just in, in the Northwest area alone, 13. So the almost double that number. Uh, a a later, more conservative estimate found that the probability might might only be 26 percent uh, by 2026. And, and again, we're, we're looking at a problem here. 
we're looking at the fact that we we aren't going to have enough electricity. Why? Because we're closing plants and we're not replacing the ability to generate more electricity because we're simply saying, oh well, you know, we're going to we're going to do wind wind farm. We're going to do uh, put up more wind farms, or we're going to do more solar, and then and and do the clean energy thing. And and yet we know that that's not going to work at this time. Uh, their documents show a shortfall that could last six hours uh, in the summer and up to 24 hours in the winter. The, uh, when it comes to these blackouts, why? Because there's just simply not enough power that's going to be generated. Now, Arnie Olson, uh, Energy uh, Environmental e Economics uh, study, uh, and he he studied electricity supplies to help give the utilities an objective look at what is possible. And he said, essentially, utilities in the most forward-looking districts with the most forward-looking executives and boards are grappling with this exact challenge, and they don't have a good answer today. Except that we need to keep building natural gas-fired power plants and keep the lights on during those multi-day periods of low wind and solar production and high demands, he says. Right now, there are no new gas-fired power plants in the permitting phase in Washington and only one in Oregon. The Oregon plant's construction date keeps getting pushed back, even that, even uh, of that one. So, we hopefully you, you can see that there there is a problem here where we're shutting down plants and we have nothing to replace those with, and thus we are going to have even more rolling blackouts across the country and 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 you may say you know the ones that are happening right now well you know they can they can blame it on well we we uh you know we we have this this massive storm thing and, and that's going to happen but when you look at texas right now half of their their wind turbines uh just shut down because of the ice and they were not they were not built for this kind of thing and they don't have any kind of backup plan so thus people are out of power so, you know, what have we done here in the Morgan household? Well, to be honest with you, we actually, and we're not, I don't consider myself a prepper. I, I, I do like to be prepared and, and that's, uh, you know, that's a given. But, uh, but what we have done is we actually purchased a home standby generator for our house. Uh, and it, it was, it's, it's a, it's a champion and there's a lot of different ones out there. We did, we happened to, uh, to purchase the champion, a brand one and, and it'll produce uh, 12 and a half kilowatts of power on natural gas. So we're, we're hooking it up to our natural gas uh, line and, and it'll, it'll come on when the power goes out and it'll go off by itself when the power comes back on. Um, and, and it's going to be able to uh, give power to almost our entire house. Almost all the needs that we, that we need when it comes to electricity will be able to be provided even though there'll be, uh, you know, there, there may be a, a blackout that comes our way. Um, and, and the cost wasn't that large. Now the cost, you can get these, these generators, uh, somewhere between about $2,300 and $4,500. Uh, and, and of course, installation costs are, are going to be, you know, obviously need to be considered as well, uh, in your area, they're going to vary. But, um, but what this is going to do is, is, is it's going to allow us to not have to worry about this, this problem of the blackouts coming around and having us get shut down. Um, you know, having food spoil. Uh, I mean, there's, there's obviously a lot of things that come uh, with, with not having any electricity. We are very dependent now, nowadays on electricity. There's just no two ways around it. And, and, and when, we, when we don't have it, it's going, it is going to put a major 
crimp into everybody's style and their and how they conduct their lives. Um, particularly now, you know, with people working at home and that type of thing, we absolutely need the power. And so the fact that we that that our power grid is going in the wrong direction, that it is shutting down these plants and it's not replacing them with with dependable energy, uh, means that we're going to have a major issue. This is again may, maybe something that you hadn't heard about, maybe something that that you ha- hadn't really been brought to your attention. Um, but hopefully this is this has made you think a little bit. Maybe uh, you you can go ahead and do the research. You can contact us here by email at fouruncommonsense at gmail.com. That's four, F-O-R, uncommonsense, at gmail.com. Love to hear from you. And thank you for listening.